Hi, this is a Life of Learning podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, today we have a guest, Tom, who was a juggler that I met at the BJC this year in Ramsgate. Hi, Tom. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Hi, Reggie. Thank you for having me. It is an honour and a privilege to be part of your BJC, British Juggling Convention podcast series. Yeah. Now, as I said to you before, um, I've interviewed quite a few other um, jugglers. So, yeah, you're the, uh, you were the one next on the list. And when we spoke at the BJC, we... You've had some esteemed guests on your podcast, so I feel humbled (laughs) by the previous guest list. But thank you very much. Yeah, and you're you're adding to it. And I think when we spoke as well, we kind of really made a connection as well in terms of some of the things that we like doing and workshops and stuff like that. So really pleased that you decided to come on. Thank you for having me, Reggie. Really appreciate it. No problem. I say, would you like to introduce yourself first? You know, just explain to the viewers, you know, what Tom the Juggler. My name's Tom, and I've got a seven-year-old son called Ruben. Mm -hmm. And um, we decided to start a a juggling workshop in the town that we live in Um, because I'm really keen to get him into juggling and his friends and I think there's so many distractions nowadays with technology that it's good to actually uh, spread the love of juggling and get young people away from screen time but um, one of the main driving forces for starting Newark Circus Club was um, I (laughs) couldn't believe it when I was just sitting at home one day and I saw on the local newspaper that the European Juggling Convention was coming to Newark Uh, This was in 2019, and I really had to kind of pinch myself to believe it because um, I've been juggling for a few years and always wanted to go to the EJC, but it was always somewhere um, in in some exotic location uh, in and around Europe, which meant that it was difficult to travel to. And I couldn't believe, one, it was coming to the UK, but number two, it wasn't going to a major city in the UK. It was coming to little old Newark, which is uh, the town that I live in, which is... um, small market town in Nottinghamshire of about 30,000 people and full credit to the organizers of the European Juggling Convention for bringing it to to Newark because they did the most wonderful parade through town. Um, I'm a teacher and some of the children and families who saw that parade still talk about it and still remember it fondly and I had a glorious week of having the EJC on my doorstep five minutes away and I thought after that once it had gone away there was a bit of a bit of a hole in my life to be honest we had jugglers (laughs) from all around the world come to Newark Uh, I couldn't believe how lucky I was met the most wonderful people as you always do at juggling conventions and I thought well I'll try and keep this this you know this hobby of mine going and I looked for a local juggling workshop juggling club there was one in Lincoln which is about 30 minutes away there's one in Nottingham uh, which is about 45 minutes away but nothing in Newark so I thought I spoke to my son and I, he was four at the time. I said, how about we start our own one? Um, so how it, how it kind of began was um, a local community centre in my town. We're having an open day with a bouncy castle, like a fundraiser and uh, tombola and things. And I just went down and I took my own juggling equipment. And um, before I knew it, I was just, I just put it all out on the floor. I asked the person organising it if this was okay. So absolutely. And just families and children and teenagers and adults just saw the equipment I put down on the floor and was were interested. 
So I've always run juggling clubs at the schools that I work at as like a lunchtime club. So I'm quite used to teaching juggling basic level. Yeah. But I couldn't believe the response and the warmth. And you quickly make amazing connections with people. And um, from that, the community centre said that I could kindly have the use of the hall um, once a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I do it as a volunteer. Um, I think, in my opinion, circus skills should be free and easy and accessible to as many people as possible. I understand that people uh, do it as, as a business and I fully respect that. But my standpoint is I want to just do it voluntarily. And by doing that, it gave me free access to the community centre. Um, I just put a little donations bucket. So if people do want to donate to help me keep the equipment up and running, that was appreciated. But I just started it off voluntarily. Um, with the little equipment that I had and a few families came along, some close friends, and then um, it started to grow and grow. And a friend of mine started to promote it a little bit on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. And uh, before I knew it, there was uh, an absolute um, growth from a few children to many. And it got up to as many as 20 children and families. And then even one week it was 30 and it was just phenomenally, um, the the growth was, was huge. So it was at that point I um, spoke to a friend of mine who organises something called Park Run, which I think is a national, like um, people people meet in parks and, and do a little run around the park. Um, and he said, why don't you apply for a local grant? And he gave me the details of um, Newark Youth Trust. I'm sure there's similar organisations in every, uh, yeah. most, most towns in, in the country, and they were phenomenal. And I put in an application uh, for equipment and um yeah i was able to to talk to the supplier and because i was doing it voluntarily they were very very good and they helped me with like wholesale prices on the equipment which enabled me to use my grant money and get almost double what i thought i was going to get and now i'm i'm very proud to uh to to say that i've got four big um plastic boxes on wheels which I somehow managed to fit in the back of my uh, little VW up <laughs> on a Saturday once a month. Me and Ruben, my son, put them in the back of the car. It just fits. And we run it down. We're now based at um, Newark um, Civil War Museum. So Newark is famous for uh, being, being central, like a central part of the, um, of the Civil War. So we've got a, a museum with a beautiful Tudor hall and gardens. And um, I'm now able to use that. And the reason that came about is because I've u- I used my equipment on a free um, skills sharing weekend in Newark that people put on. Um, so I've done that two years in a row now. And I just put my equipment out in the garden of the museum and it's a free drop in and people come along and have an amazing time. There's some beautiful photographs that were taken. And um, off the back of that, I just asked if I could maybe relocate the club from the community centre to the Civil War Museum. And again, because I'm doing it voluntarily, they've been very, very kind and let me use the hall and the gardens uh, once a month. So uh, we've been going now since 2019. Um, I started it just before the COVID pandemic and uh, sadly had to put it on pause during the pandemic. But um, no, we've, we've been going for nearly four years now and um a lot of the same children have been coming along and are really learning and growing and they're amazing what they come up and do in the in the uh, in the performance at the end of each each um 
each workshop and uh, new people constantly come along some people just chance upon it they're in the museum and they see juggling and they get involved and it's a really warm um family orientated uh, club that um i run with my son and also my mum who's phenomenal patsy she comes along and helps um helps with refreshments on hot days yeah. and also provides teas and coffees and things like that and also it's really good to have have her there uh, so we run it as a family and um it's the high point of each month when i run it it's for me personally it's it's something that i look forward to and i always get a real real buzz at the end of each one oh wow i tell you what that is such a great story i love that in fact your passion for doing workshops is exactly the same as me you know when i have got a workshop booked i'm like you i'm so looking forward to it i'm trying to think of ways of you know making the workshops better you know i really look forward to it and you're right after i get such a buzz from it and there's almost like a lull as well because you know i'm looking forward to the next one if you see yeah. what i mean i just get that buzz and no two are the same and um yeah. i was i was really pleased because one of um one of the it was, this is one of the things we connected to when we met at the bjc because yeah. when you go to the bjc you you meet people like we've met and you share ideas like how do you run your yeah. workshop what what kind of things do you do and just by going to the workshops at the british juggling convention or any juggling convention you just meet people like-minded people you know, I've got this parachute that we start each session with and I, you just talk to people and you just ask people what games they do with it and you just share ideas. And um, it means that, you know, you're constantly just refreshing it. And when the children arrive, that you've got new ideas. And yeah, it's been wonderful meeting you. And obviously here we are having this this, uh, this conversation now and I'm sure we'll see each other at the next BJC. Oh, no, definitely. And I'll tell yeah. you what as well, that was one thing that, you know, when, when we actually spoke and it wasn't just with you. I mean, I, I you know, I made connections with loads of other people as well. Mm -hmm. And it was just great to go to a place. I think Ben Cornish said it as well. He said to go to a place where people get you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I understand that. I always feel that about um, about juggling conventions. And that's why the EJC was so important to me. Like I was I, I've been juggling when I was at university. I used to go to J Durham City Jugglers um and i had that community there and of course when you're at university you're meeting people like that but then i left university and i moved away from durham and i didn't have a a, a juggling community easily accessible to me it's quite an unusual thing especially if you don't live in a, a major city um so when the ejc came to newark it reignited it for me i just went there and you meet the most phenomenal people and i almost feel like when you're at a juggling convention you've taken the most wonderfully creative extravagant human being from every town and village and city and you've plucked them and taken them all away and put them in, all in one place at the same time and um that's why i look forward to it so much i think that's why everybody looks forward to it so much i'm trying to bring that sense of kind of a juggling convention atmosphere yeah. into my workshop because if you haven't experienced it you don't really know what it is and it's that openness um the fact that you can just you know take some equipment go into a big hall and just start juggling or using the diablo or devil stick or anything and you quickly meet people and people are so willing to share their skills and their experiences that's that's the thing that i really love about juggling because obviously as a teacher myself i'm all about 
um, teaching and also learning and sharing things like that. And you see the same thing I feel in juggling festivals, people with a desire to pass on skills and knowledge. And what's wonderful for me is when you run a juggling workshop or maybe a little uh, lunchtime or after school club or something like that, you, you teach somebody, be them an adult or a child, and they start with zero knowledge and zero ability and you see them quickly progress and then before you know it, within your club, you've got experts who can then teach other people. And I'm seeing that in some of the children who've been, and the adults as well who've been coming for some time. Now they are imparting their knowledge to other people, which makes the person running it, it their life a lot easier because you're turning students effectively into teachers in front of your eyes. And that's yeah. really rewarding. Oh, <laughs> no. I yeah, I, I love that. And and you're, you're right. And I, one thing I always say to people is that, and I'm, I'm sure you use that same phrase, you may not use it, but it's, it, all you have to do is be one step ahead of someone to teach someone. So if you can juggle three balls, and you know, you, you know, you have a good idea of how to teach it, then you can teach it to other people. Yeah. And it's so useful, because I got into juggling when I, I my parents took me to when I was a child or a teenager they took me to see um I think it was the Chinese state circus or something they came to our town and I was just marveled at them doing the Diablo and what they can do with the Diablo is is <laughs> it defies physics and logic right and I just yeah. saw that and I thought I want to have a go at that so I went to a juggling shop I now I now know that it was oddballs in uh, Camden yeah um I just went went to visit a friend in London I bought myself a Diablo and it came with a little book how to Diablo and it honestly took me two weeks solid just getting a Diablo spinning by reading and looking at the dia diagrams and of course this was this was some time ago and it was before things like YouTube yeah. and there was a, a website uh, Diablo.com or something like that and they had gifts like really basic animations and it, it genuinely took me two weeks to get the Diablo spinning but at a workshop, I can confidently get adult or a child spinning a Diablo in 15, 20 minutes. And it's just that human interaction that you don't necessarily get from a book or from a video. Just these, that one-to-one -one tuition or that in-person tuition. You can see children and adults and people who come to the workshops develop really quickly. It's very rewarding. Yeah, I agree with the Diablo is probably if that's probably one of the quickest props that you can get adults and children going, like you're saying, 10, 15 minutes, and they're able to do tricks within probably half an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what's great is the children that come add such uh, creativity to it. So yeah. they can all now spin a plate, a plastic plate on a mm -hmm. stick. And we do that every session now and trying to make sure that that's the skill that they've all got. And then we just had the, uh, I was helping one of them, we just had the king's coronation. And one of them came up and put a yellow plate, like a crown on the top of my head. So, you know, the, the imagination of a child, we then started incorporating that as a trick and all trying to put a crown of the spinning plate on each other's heads. And um, this is what I mean, like the, the imagination of children coming to the workshops, you can teach them the basics and then they see things in those, uh, skill sets that they want to do and um it's really really rewarding 
Yeah, no, I, I like that because when I actually do workshops, I actually say, you know, if we're doing some one ball tricks, I say, look, you know, don't follow me. If you think of something else, you be creative. And this is for the adults and children, yeah. you know, just be creative because, you know, juggling is an art form. Um, yeah. And, you know, to get them to be creative because we're not getting children or even adults to be creative enough. So I do try and encourage it just like you are. Yeah. What I have found with my um, workshop is it's evolved quite a lot over the four years in terms of how I structure it. So I think when I started the workshop, I'm from a, I, I teach secondary, uh, uh, secondary school. Yeah. So it's 11 year olds up to 18 year olds. And at the lunchtime, I'll just put the equipment out and they'll come in and they'll be quite hands on and I'll give them a bit of tuition. I might have juggling balls in one corner, Diablo, uh, devil sticks spinning plates uh, decks of cards for magic tricks and things like that and they'll just want to you know work their own way around and find their own things but I tried that approach when I first did the workshop and children of my son's age four turned up and it quickly dawned on me it was going to be a completely different experience with younger children so thankfully one of my friends who comes to the workshop called Duncan he's a primary school teacher and my mother Patsy is a primary former primary school teacher and head teacher so I just had a little word in their ear and I just said look I, w- I was going to keep this quite open and free like I run it at school but in the hands of a four-year-old this equipment it, it they don't know what obviously it's so so easy to say in hindsight but they don't know what they're doing with it and it <laughs> if you're not careful you, you turn your back and you it turns into a scene from Braveheart <laughs> yeah yeah so you have to be so careful so I've I've, I've over over time I've structured it so that they arrive at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and I now have the parachute I have a parachute out on the floor in a circle and they sit around that and we do effectively like a circle time that you might find in a primary school environment where we do warm-ups we introduce ourselves we talk about um, what we know from the circus um, what we like about the circus and then I'll do it's more skills based as a warm-up now so we'll warm up our hands, we'll warm up our feet, we'll warm up our eyes. And then I get them to close their eyes and count to 10 to concentrate. So it's about the mind as well. I think juggling is so so, is so, so much about mindfulness and concentration yeah. sometimes. And then we'll, we're practicing passing a, a ball, like pass the parcel around. And we're throwing a ball from hand to hand. And then we play parachute games, you know, rippling it. We make different shapes out of it, like an umbrella. We turn it into a mushroom. And one we've recently done is you all take a step in and then you sit on the parachute and you're all inside it like a big circus top. And that's, that's really, really good fun. And then I've made it a bit more structured at the beginning now. So we do um, spinning plates and then we do um, Diabolos. And I try to make sure that everybody within the club can use a spinning plate and they're getting really good with Diabolos now. So they feel like they've got that sense of um, developing a skill. Yeah. And then um, I've got a load of uh, juggling clubs. But of course, the children of, of, of the club, they're still quite young. I think the oldest who comes along is 11. And I think for me, juggling clubs is something that I still, I still struggle with. So I get them balancing it on their hands and walking around with that. And then in the centre of the uh, workshop, in terms of its structure, we have free play where they can then use any of the equipment. Um, And then at the end of it, we have a 15 or 10 minute show. And I've got this wonderful backdrop that says circus on it. And I put that on the wall 
and we all line up and I always say it's all, all it's volu voluntary you don't have to come up if you don't want to and then anybody who wants to come up gets a big round of applause it's really supportive and my son Ruben he's got this electric drum kit and he does a drum roll um, <laughs> and does little bits of music in the background while the acts come up and down and I think one of the things that's really important to develop in children is that confidence just to come up on stage yeah um, as much as it's it is about learning circus skills. It's also about just developing that ability to stand up in front of a group of people, which is a really valuable life skill. No, no, definitely. I tell you what, you've really, I mean, I know you've developed this over the years, but, uh, and I'm sure you're probably going to add a few things and take away a few things. But that's one thing I like about when you do workshops to start off with. I mean, I think, you know, if, whoever wants to start a workshop, you've just got to just start it and then just also sort of develop as you go along yeah and I'm, I'm some of my friends ask me like am I going to promote it wider am I going to do this with it am I going to do that with it and actually I'm really comfortable with where it is at the moment I get a good number of people uh, as soon as it gets too big for me it becomes yeah it becomes really difficult sometimes to manage and it's at a nice size and it's growing growing naturally and currently I have no ambition to kind of be anything but a kind of voluntary circus club um what that has allowed me is the ability to apply for grant money and also to get a venue um without kind of financial risk um so I I'm sure there are people out there who are running workshops and doing very well kind of financially as a as, as, a, as a job but that's that's not really where I where I want to take it. I like the idea that people can just come learn a new skill and I don't feel any pressure. Do you know what I mean? They've not, if they want to put a donation in the, in the bucket to help with equipment, brilliant. That'll help me maintain the equipment. But the fact that it's just free and open and all abilities, all ages, whoever you are, come along. That's the mindset that I know of circus. That's what drew me into it. And that's what I'm trying to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, um, with the numbers of people that you've got, do you have anyone else sort of like that you have under the wings to teach? Because, uh, I mean, with 20 people, it must be quite difficult to try and get around to everybody. It is. It is challenging. And some of the adults who come along now, I always ask for adults to stay. Um, I ask that people don't use it as a drop off or anything like that. Um, I try and encourage adults to get involved and support their children in learning it. And then they're learning too. I don't have another teacher. Um, I've been to the University of Lincoln um, Juggling Society because I'm I'm doing a, a PhD there at the moment. And they're a really wonderful group of people. They're incredible, and they've very kindly offered to come along to one of my um, one of my New York Circus Club sessions. So hopefully that will um, that will boost numbers in terms of teaching but currently in, it's it's me running it and then some wonderful parents and wonderful grandparents and um, wonderful adults who come along also kind of supporting the children but as I said earlier the children are now developing the skills and I'm seeing them teaching each other so that's very much the uh, that's very much the network that we've developed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well, I'll tell you what, it, but isn't that the juggling community in general? People, like you said, you know, when you go to the juggling conventions, people are so supportive. They're so helpful. They're always willing to share ideas. There's nothing, you know, there's no secrets that anyone wants to keep. Everyone is just, you know, sharing and helping. And I mean, I met some people that just um, helped me with some passing. And, you know, they literally spent an hour, you know, teaching me all the different, um, you know, all the different patterns and all the different counts and stuff like that and it was it was it was it was brilliant so I'm thinking you know the way you're doing it you're encouraging people and you're teaching people as a volunteer to help others and you're seeing that in return others that you're teaching are doing the same absolutely and that's I've 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 never been to another convention or festival with the same kind of atmosphere that you experience that you've just described and I'd associate with 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 the juggling community just this openness and this willingness to share willingness to teach um yeah it's 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 unlike anything else i mean you can go to music festivals and things and food festivals and as amazing as they are they don't have the same community feel to me it's yeah it's 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 unlike anything else this is what i think you and me have in common and everybody else who we've met at the 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 bjc and the juggling conventions around yeah yeah it's 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 what I associate with the the community at the kind of smaller festivals that you get within England, but also the BJC and um, every juggling festival I've been to has had that same kind of drive of sharing knowledge. Because it was my first convention. I don't know if I told right. you that. No. Yeah, I, I did, there was another one in London. It was called the London Symposium, but it was only a day one, and that sold out within sort of like I think the tickets went on sale, and I think within the end of the week it sold because there's not many conventions in London or many, and it was the London. And, and I thought, wow, this was really good. And one thing that I thought was fantastic were the workshops, and then I found out that the majority of the people that did the workshops didn't get paid. They just wanted to give a workshop just to I don't know, not showcase their skills, but to share what they've learned yeah i um i ran my first workshop at the british juggling convention just this year i i uh, put on a beginner's um diablo workshop but i took real pride in the fact that i did that um i used the same kind of techniques that i used with newark circus club and i just asked people to come along and i think they were really appreciative especially the fact that i targeted absolute beginners, beginners like the, yeah. how to get it's basically, have you bought a Diablo recently? Do you want me to show you how to do it? And I had um, five or six people turn up and they were really, really um, appreciative of the fact that I'd run the workshop and I got a huge buzz out of feeling like I'd done a workshop that helped people and also the sense of pride that I'd done a workshop at the British Juggling Convention. So at the British Juggling Convention, you get huge boards, um, wooden boards, and it shows you what's going on at in all the different venues and each time of the day and you look at one day and there must be about 40 50 60 bits of card showing you do you want to learn axe throwing do you want to learn diablo do you want to learn um fire juggling do you want to learn how to do bubbles do you want to learn magic tricks unicycles you name it is on there um and all the evening shows as well and i kept as a little memento the little piece of card so at the end of it i just went up and i kept it and i stuck stuck it on my kitchen wall and every time I walk past that, I feel a sense of pride about the fact that I've done a, a workshop at the, the British Juggling Convention. And I'm sure it's the same for everybody. Um, we're all doing it voluntarily. And that's what helps these conventions to actually run financially. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. You couldn't put on that many things if people were 
people were asking for for payment or whatever it wouldn't work then that that is very much the ethos of juggling just this kind of free and easy and welcoming sharing of knowledge yeah no i'll tell you what well done for doing that workshop um and uh, you know obviously for keeping the memento because yeah i mean yeah you should give yourself a pat on the back and mm. it, it, i think sometimes when people go to these conventions they think that you you know you have to be this sort of like elite juggler or an elite you know diabolist or you know just elite not elite but you, know, you have to be very good but you know there was lots of workshops that I went to that I just wanted to try like hoop juggling you know I've yeah. never tried that before and you know I was a total beginner in it and yeah. you know and I, and I think I'd say I think that's our mindset though isn't it as jugglers we're willing to try it well I think most of us are willing to try anything new it certainly helps especially you and I running workshops if you for want of a better phrase if you're a bit of a jack of all trades yeah so I can't I I I've got the ability to juggle at a very basic level and I can diabolo at a reasonable level and devil stick and I can do clubs and rings and a whole mm. plates. I can do a whole myriad of things at what I would call a kind of beginner intermediate level. When you go to these um, conventions, you see people who are incredibly talented <laughs> and they've devoted themselves perhaps to a smaller range of things and they're incredibly talented at that and it's 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 I, I stand in awe of these people and what they can achieve but for me I think what's helped me to run a workshop is just having a reasonable ability at a number of things and like you've just said oh I'll have a go at that I'll have a go at that that's the attitude that I've always taken into it when I started with um Durham City Jugglers as, as a university student I went with my one Diabolo and my one set of sticks and I just went there and I met the most amazingly warm group of people I'll never forget them and I just go up to this little um this little room above the kind of high street in Durham and if you're ever, ever in Durham look it up and go you're just surrounded all of a sudden by people unicycling around you and club passing and everything is going on and just it was the high point of my week every week at university I'm so pleased I found those people and just you just ask you're like oh what's this and somebody explained to you it's a devil stick it's a fire stick what's that and it's just that's what I'm trying to pass on to people through the, the the workshop that I do just the curiosity like what's that piece of equipment what do you do with it what can you do with it and just yeah it's, it's it's wonderful it's 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 what drives me and what's that level of curiosity that drives you as well Reggie oh no no for sure and, and I'm like you you know I'm you know okay and good at most of you know those props some props I'm better than others and sometimes you know some of them are beginners level but I know enough probably to teach something to a beginner uh, yeah, and I think that's and I, and I think that's good. I mean, you sound. I mean, I have done workshops in the past where I've added Diablo uh, balls, and I think I've added some rings in as well. Uh, but recently, I've just been sticking to balls um, because it's just me. Uh, uh, the, the space where I'm juggling, well, I'm doing workshops at the moment, doesn't really allow for Diablos because of the the way the um, the structure of the building is uh, they've got sort of like low lights and stuff like that but I've just really focused on um 
indoors anyway, just balls. But if I'm outdoors, then everything goes in terms of Diablo, balls, clubs, yeah. uh, rings and stuff like that. That's the beauty of where I am at the moment. I think anyone who's considering starting up a workshop, which I think is one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, is to yeah. give people advice, is yeah. I've been blessed with this current um, venue at the museum because I've got a big indoor space tudor hall like it's a 500 year old building i say to the children at the end look when newark was under siege during the civil war this was where (laughs) all the big conversations took place about how to defend the city and this this room has seen such history and here we are breathing new life into it here it's this beautiful old building with a high ceiling they're very accommodating that's important you've mentioned the diablo children want to be able to do tricks on the string but also they, they what they know of a diablo is throwing it so that's that's nice about the venue i mean if you can find somewhere with a high ceiling might be a gymnasium or yeah. um i did it um i did my workshop briefly at a school um they were kind enough to to allow me to do a few, that there for a few months really really like a uh, reasonably high ceiling but also the beauty of where i'm currently at is it's got a garden and that's enclosed you have to think about that with young children you yeah. want them all all running off so it's it's an enclosed garden so it's it's, it's a safe environment and one way you can monitor monitor the children quite easily yeah um so yeah if you can find a venue that's got indoor and outdoor space and of course it's weather permitting as well isn't it i want to be able to do bubbles and things in the summer because you create such wonderful memories i look back at these photos that have been taken of these workshops and there's just children and families having such a nice so, such a nice time you you unpack this circus from the back of your car for an hour and just create these wonderful memories for people and um i'm really hopeful that people when they're they're older will will think back on that and maybe you know maybe get into circus skills and pass it on to the the next generation after them because that's how it that's how it that's how it needs to continue yeah for sure and i'll tell you what i mean you know we should give ourselves a pat on the back because we're offering something that not many people especially schools most schools are offering and i think that i mean when i was at school you know um i used to play basketball and i used to play football and you know i managed to get into the teams and stuff like that there were some people there that couldn't do things like that and i believe that if they had if they had offered something maybe like juggling they could have excelled in it because you know not everyone you know is fast and can run and stuff like that and i think juggling is just so accessible and even the the people you know the um the, the children that could play football and do athletics and stuff like that they could also still do juggling and it's just not and it's just not offered and i'm i'm just i'm really glad that we are you know that we're trying to offer something that's totally different it's fun and it's something that the children can get a real good sense of uh, achievement from yeah no absolutely I've, I've i've run my workshop at my son was at beavers um kind of the beavers and scout group and when he began that i one evening went along with my equipment and just again voluntarily because i wanted to help his beavers group i did a, a juggling workshop and the children loved it and then some of them ended up becoming part of New York Circus Club. They heard about it, you spoke to their parents and they came along to the next one. Um, and I've also offered to do it um, again voluntarily at uh, my son's school in the after school club. So in a few weeks time, I'll go along and I think um, I'm doing it at Brownies as well in a, in a few weeks time. And um, again, my friends keep asking me, why don't I try and monetize this and make a business out of it or something like that? And I just, I just I'd much currently where I am, um, I'd just much rather really enjoy it and just yeah. have have the freedom of 
I obviously work full-time as a teacher and that's my that's my main source of income I'm very lucky to have that Mm -hmm. and I just this for me is an outlet it keeps me juggling it keeps me and my son we have quality memories together and my mum and it's hopefully just it is bringing so much joy to other people and hopefully encouraging them to take it up I keep saying to them you know maybe for a birthday Christmas you could ask for a little bit of equipment because I think what you need to do is practice it at, your, uh, at home on your own as well I do it once a month which is as far as much as I can commit to at the moment maybe that's not often enough you know maybe it needs to be fortnightly or weekly I can't currently commit to that no. I just politely say you know you can learn you can learn to juggle with three oranges you can learn to juggle with three you know socks when you socks. ball them up yeah. yeah you can you can get equipment second hand you can you know, it doesn't have to, juggling equipment, like anything can be very expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Um, when I was trying to grow my club at the very beginning, the first time I did it, I just went on eBay and found every secondhand Diablo I could find and they were going for 99p. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. who bought things and just, I, I went to charity shops. Yeah. Um, if you go to a pound store, you can often find three juggling balls. Do you know what I mean? It's not, yes, you need equipment, but it doesn't have to be expensive equipment um and this is kind of message that i'm get, trying to get across yeah i i would like to add to that because we briefly spoke about it i think because i mean i've been doing quite a few workshops um um recently especially this year i think you need to cover your costs though because you don't want to be out of pocket <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm with you on that yeah i i agree with you there and that's why i applied for local yes. grant money yes yeah yeah so when i first when I first set it up yes I spent a bit of my own money but it wasn't Mm. it wasn't a huge amount I was I think I did I spent about 40 pounds um just getting every secondhand piece of juggling equipment I could find from charity shops and things um I do put that donation bucket out and that's really helpful because the equipment does break yeah um things happen with it and that helps me to replace things but once a year now I apply back um to the grant um the organization the charity and they've been really really supportive they're just i think they're they're really happy that somebody's doing something like this locally and also when i mention newark circus club i wear another thing i haven't mentioned is the fact we got t-shirts made a logo put the name on and uh you know i got my it's very helpful this is a nice piece of advice got bright a bright yellow t-shirt with my name on (laughs) and the logo and that makes it really clear that you're organizing it um and you're the center of it so anyone yeah. thinking of doing this think about i don't know i didn't really want to go dressed up in like you know big top hat or anything that might be <laughs> dressed as a clown in the middle of it or anything like that yeah. just a bright yellow t-shirt for me stands out my son's yeah. got a red one with reuben on and then people who came to the club asked me about the t-shirts i just got them off ebay uh there's companies that print t-shirts put yeah. a logo on it and then i just um started selling them at cost again i'm not making profit from yeah. this to the children and the children now some of them turn up and they've got their names on with the logo nice. um so that's a nice touch yeah, um, yeah. It's about the kind of identity of the club but yeah it's um you're right you must you must cover your costs um, yeah and, and i mean i say but by you getting that grant you're probably covering it anyway because um yeah like you say things break and things get lost and stuff like that and yeah don't get me wrong i mean i started off 
you know buying my own stuff and buying more balls but like you say the donation bucket and um really really helps because some people feel that you know they need to give you something because you're right. giving them a, you know a, a, for me i'm thinking we're giving them a quality session you know we're giving them something that they're not going to get anywhere else so people do feel in fact quite a few people do feel obliged to sort of like um donate yeah i don't ever mention it i used to at the very beginning i used yeah. to just say and um, there's a donation bucket so if you're able to yeah if you're willing ever since finding out about the grant money it's yeah. just there and you're right yeah. some people wanted to give because yeah. the reality is if you wanted to take your child or two children or three children and go and do something like this it would be very expensive yeah um i don't know some people actually like feeling like they're contributing financially yeah. to it yeah and it's up yeah. to them and yeah. I, I, I suppose where i got that concept from is the edinburgh edinburgh festival and um, they do something in the Edinburgh Festival called the Free Fringe. Um, and performers put on a show and there's just a bucket at the, on the way out. And if you like the show yeah. in, in Edinburgh, you can put money in the bucket. If you didn't, you don't have to put anything in it. And the mm. performers, I remember reading an interview on it because I did my dissertation at university on the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I went up there and uh, that was my research. And um, I found all about the free fringe and they said the performers really enjoy it because there's no financial obligation when a stand up comedian stands up in front of a room. And if people like it and find it funny, they'll give you money. And if they don't, they're not obliged to. They said it's less pressure on the performer. Whereas if you're standing up as a stand up comedian and everyone's paid five, 10, 15, 20 pounds, they're expecting something aren't they and there's that kind of yeah. financial pressure whereas yeah. i know i'm not a stand-up comedian but i am providing a service yeah. and i stand up in front of these families and if they've enjoyed it they are welcome to put money in the bucket if they want they do not have to there is they, the fact that they're there means means the world to me the fact that they've actually come out is is, is enough um but yeah it's, it, it takes the pressure off if i'm honest and i enjoy it more because of that it's better, yeah. I've got a better sense of community, the fact that I'm doing it as a volunteer. Like you say, most parents, well, not most, some parents do want to uh, give money towards it. And it, I don't know, it kind of makes, it does make you feel good, doesn't it? Because you know that you've, you, you know, you've, you've provided something that people feel there's value in it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I suppose I'm doing it as a, as a, as a hobby. And yeah. it's, it's great for me and my son. And, you know, we've been in the local paper very early on there's a picture at the bottom of my stairs that I cut out of the of the article and we were in there again you know we've been running it for three or four years now and there's a real sense that we've created something and every time I drive home with him I said did you enjoy that he goes oh yeah brilliant yeah. I said you know what that's our that's our club that's something that we started you see how happy everybody was when they were there and when they went home you know that's because we took the equipment loaded it up went over there and created it and i'm trying to instill that that sense in my son that you know Brilliant. you can you can make a lot of people happy and pass on a lot of skills and bring a lot of memories and it doesn't doesn't have to cost you know yeah. anything it's not it's just about yeah and it's so nice for him to be with children of his own age and have yeah. those memories and it is it is unusual it is unusual it is quite an unusual thing to do and i think that's a good thing Oh no, for sure, and I, I, and I, and I think we need to offer these 
sort of like other activities to adults and children. I mean, like you say, when the children come to the workshops, I, I throw the balls at the adults so they can pick them up and they join in because I want yeah. them to, you know, to everyone to join. And one thing as well is if the adult does pick it up, then they can teach their children, you know, right. or, or more so sometimes the children are teaching their adult, you know, teaching their, yeah. um, teaching their parents. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's why I go around. I think some, sometimes the adults, sit at the edge and it's also nice for them to have a bit of time yeah socially but equally yeah. i do go around and i almost put a plate and a stick or yeah. some balls in their hands because it's yeah. like yeah this, this is about this is about getting involved but yeah i mean i'm going to do something at the university when i'm um hopefully over summer because uh one of the reasons i got into juggling in the first place was because it's so good for mental health oh let's let's, so, let's, tell you, let's talk about that then because yeah, i'm big on that yeah because um i mean i started as i mentioned i went to see the chinese circus or something and this was, it was at university and one of the beautiful things about juggling is that if you're stressed out like i was at university preparing for my exams <laughs> it's nothing gives you a better mental break if you're sitting there at your laptop than just getting up five minutes juggling diablo devil stick like it's a complete break from the screen yeah. and your mind is doing something completely different. And the beauty of it is when you're, you have to concentrate so hard at first on, on getting it and then it becomes second nature. And when I'm juggling or doing the Diablo, you can't think of the thing that's stressing you out. Yeah. And if you do, I always find I drop, the, I drop the, the, the juggling balls or I drop the Diablo. And that's yeah. a reminder to me, stop thinking about the thing that's stressing you out. Yeah. So when I do a workshop at the university over the summer, this is for the Department of Education, it will be for I'm a PhD student part-time, it will be for other PhD students. And my message will be, if you need a break from the screen, learn something like juggling. Yeah. Because people take a break from the screen and, I don't know, they might look at the news on their phone or something like that. Yeah. That's not a break. Or they might put television on. That's not a break. If you just go out in the garden or into a different room and just throw some juggling balls up in the air or try and spin a plate just for two minutes you, your mind is just complete I don't know whether you find the same your mind is just taken to a completely different place um yeah no I I agree with you totally and I do pardon the pun I do stress that at the yeah. workshops I say look when you're doing if I'm giving them a one ball drill or two ball drill I said what else are you thinking about you're thinking about you know if I've got to um, pick up the children or if I've got this exam what are you thinking about and they're saying mm. well I'm just thinking about trying to catch these balls and you know trying to work on the sequence and stuff like that and it goes yeah well this is why I, you know I believe that it's good for your mental health yeah 100 percent and um yeah. yeah it's a bit I suppose if you play a musical instrument um, you might be able to recognize it like you just have to focus yourself entirely on that yeah. or when you're driving like uh, initially you have to think really hard about putting the clutch down and getting nothing into gear and you have to focus all your energy on that and then once you're learning how to drive and you're driving yourself around it's almost second nature and you go into this almost other place as you drive somewhere you think how on earth did I even get here that's because <laughs> your mind is you know what I mean yeah I do it's the same with juggling you just have you just it becomes second nature and you have to kind of take yourself into this other place and it's absolutely wonderful for um for mental health and that and that side of things I've also used it because as I've mentioned I'm a secondary school teacher we did a, re a revision night for year 11 and all the families came in and year 11 students came in 
and there was a talk on maths a talk on science and then it was my my job to talk on english and there was about 150 people there parents and students and i took my diablo and i took my juggling stuff and i gave the speech about the specification and the importance of it and studying hard and then i said look you can also use things like juggling to revise and i recited a verse from a poem william blake's london and as I did it, I did it with um, juggling balls going up in the air. So I wander through each chartered street near where the chartered tends to flow. It goes on. And it's yeah. all in this beat. And boom, 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 boom. And I said, you can juggle and do the rhythm and the beat. Yeah. And the, it's called iambic quatrameter in the lines of the poem. Boom, 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 boom. And I also said, look, here's a diabolo. I'm going to give you some quotes to remember. And every time you get the word right, I'll check the diablo up in the air. <laughs> and they lost it. <laughs> At the end of it, the parents were coming up and they were saying, you know, if, if teaching doesn't work out, why don't you go and join the circus? <laughs> it, it was funny the first time they said it, but as a parent, I was getting a message of maybe, you know, maybe I should run away and join the circus. <laughs> I was just trying to show them and, it, and a few of them went away and bought some juggling equipment. And I, I stress the importance of using it to get your mind out of exams as well. It's that kind of just five minute, five minute break from it all. But yeah, this is this is it. This is what circus skills bring into your life. It's just a complete other world, another dimension, something wonderfully creative. And I, I um, too, yeah, I too. That 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 sounds so good, and that's very creative what you did there. But yeah. I think one thing we, you know, we, I don't know we probably don't mention it enough is it's fun <laughs> yeah yeah it is fun it is supposed to be fun and um yeah it's very easy when you get into something i don't know learning to play the piano you're quickly having to go through grade one grade two grade three and my my brother did that and i think actually that grading process maybe put him off a little bit and i, I don't know correct me if i'm wrong but i don't see a similar grading system in circus <laughs> like you no, see it. far from you, it <laughs> you can you can juggle three you can juggle four you can juggle five you can juggle six you know what i mean you do count the stuff but there's no unless i'm wrong and i've missed it there's no like 10 meter swimming badge in the in the circus community or it's just a kind of free exploration of skills and, and knowledge and that's that's what's beautiful about it yeah i'll tell you what it's funny you just mentioned that because let's, let's go into that because i feel because i mean I've, I've been probably juggling for over 30 years and juggling has evolved so much properly as well since this sort of like the internet age where we're seeing people from around the world taking one prop and doing just so many different things with it you know mm. like um you know the contact juggling and you know the flow arts and i think uh, you're seeing gymnasts or people with um, uh, sort of like acrobatic skills coming into yeah. juggling and adding, you know, the balls with the juggling and they're doing ac um, um, acrobatics and stuff like that. I mean, how do you feel that's evolved? Because I think it's just, I think it's just brilliant now. It's, it's, it's just all merged into one now and you can't really call it juggling. Circus skills, flow arts, it's just encompasses everything now. This is it. And I think skipping even featured at uh, the BJC this year. It's, this is it. I don't know where it begins. I don't know where it ends. Yeah. Like it's always, I think the centre is, the, like the one that gets the focus is the juggling of clubs. So if you look at the logo of the BJC, it's, yeah. it's about club juggling, isn't it? And people talk yeah. about juggling. 
But I always talk about circus. So it's Newark Circus Club. It's not Newark Juggling Club. Because I think, I don't know the true definition of circus and juggling. And I don't know where, where one begins and the other one ends. And I always feel as if like club juggling is at the centre and the heart of it. And that's always been the, the, the skill that I've really struggled to learn. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've just described, it encompasses, like you said, acrobatics. It encompasses magic, bubble blowing. Yeah. Um, axe throwing there's uh, people using whips there's people using lassoes there's people knife throwing there's, um, I went to one in I think it was York or Leeds and there was this gentleman there in these huge um, metal hoops and he like the size of a human being it was kind of yeah. six, six or seven feet across he had them in different sizes and then just watching him and he just started spinning around in these hoops Oh, my word, like whenever I go to one of these conventions, you see somebody doing something new and different. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's it. Where does it begin? Where does it end? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, juggling really confines it. It doesn't, it doesn't really tell you what you're actually doing. And even circus skills now, I mean, I, I, think, I think that's more wider in terms of, you know, what you can sort of like add into it as an activity and then as an event. Juggling is probably a little bit limited in its term, but that's the thing that people know, though, don't they? You know, when they see juggling, you know, they they know what juggling is. Circus skills, yeah, they can probably understand some of the circus skills, but like you say, it's just got everything now. There's just so many different um, skills and, you know, um, props now that are part of um, juggling. Like you say, it's it's, it's almost infinite now. It is, yeah. And I think when we first spoke, we spoke about um, how we could get people in your community more, yeah. um, where you live, more yeah. more involved in... in yeah, more juggling. diversity. Yeah, I think so, because circus skills sells itself as a really diverse um, yeah. community, and it is. But you made a really valid point when we first spoke about the fact yeah. that maybe in, in black communities, it's not really quite so um so prevalent yeah and that's something yeah. that we spoke about and you know how how do you think this is the conversation i don't think we finished how do you know we didn't <laughs> we didn't yeah. i suppose my my question because we didn't yeah. finish the conversation at the B, bjc is that you know how how could you in your workshop or any workshop re-engage different um communities yeah. like ethnic communities perhaps who aren't yeah. necessarily um currently associated with 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 circus how can it be done do you think yeah well i mean i i think it's, it, 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 what we're doing now um offering it to people in you know in around our communities for free or a very very low price and you know we've just got to go out and sort of like you know preach the word i that's the only way and you know i i have been doing i have been doing that for the last probably six or seven years anyway um, and I think it's just going to take a long time to, um, you know, for, for it to come through. But I think, you know, if you offer it, for, you know, for free or you know, very close to, you know, very low cost and just go into those areas, you know, go to schools and just offer it. And then, you know, again, you know, in all communities, even if you go in there, you're not going to get everyone that's going to take it up. But if you do it enough and you offer it enough. Then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna see, you know, some people will come through, and I think that's the only way. That's the only way of doing it. I, I can't see any other way. We just got to go out there and sort of like spread the word. 
Yeah, a format that we saw at the BJC, I suppose, for the first time was, um, I think it was called Fight Night. I'm not sure whether you were you were there for that. No, I wasn't. Um, and it was more, it was um, some jugglers who'd come over from Mexico. Yeah. And they seemed to be taking this format around um, conventions around the world. And it, it was club juggling, one against one, more in the kind of format that I've seen um, on movies, rap battles, where you've got oh. two MCs at the front. <laughs> and the, it was phenomenal. The energy was absolutely phenomenal. And it kind of had this more kind of urban approach in terms of the music that was being played in the background and these two MCs on the microphones at the front. And I thought, you know what, in terms of taking a skill, juggling yeah. and repackaging it, I thought, you know, as a secondary school teacher, if you took that show where you had yeah. jugglers with the music and they were all wearing the baseball caps and they all had yeah. the, if you rebadged it, not rebadged it, just put a different twist and spin on it, you could, yeah. you know, you could appeal to different age groups, different different cultures. It's yeah. just how you how you take that skill juggling and re, you know, rebrand it. Yeah, really rebrand it. it to be more be more appealing to yeah to yeah and I think as well let's let's face it you know juggling you know it's always seen as the clown the sort of like the buffoon sort of thing and uh, I mean I think that that's that, that's still there I still think that's there because you know when I go when I juggle in the park everyone's going you know that's you know you know join the circus and stuff like that and I think if you do try and make it cool and skill you know like as if it's a skill and I don't know it's 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 less of that comedy and that sort of thing then I think you do you kind of maybe appeal to maybe a bigger audience maybe yeah absolutely it it, it's just about how you yeah you what I saw at the BJC in terms of the fight night was more what I associate with kind of a street like street dance thing um yeah got it group. yeah yeah and yeah. yeah i just thought it was really clever what they were doing and if you took that and put it in front of a uh, school assembly or something like that i think yeah ha- not everybody but a handful yeah. a few might go away and think actually i'd like to try that um yeah and identify yeah and they'll identify and think it's not just sort of like clowns and stuff like that because i do think that yeah. that image is still there <laughs> Because I go, I, I go back to the Diablo because mm. I think to juggle clubs, certainly for me, I'm still trying to get it. It's for me, the learning curve is quite challenging. Yeah. And even juggling three balls can be, can take time. Whereas the Diablo, I swear I, you and me could teach anyone to Diablo within, yeah. within half an hour with you know, a bit, bit of tuition. I think for me, the Diablo is the way in. And you see, yeah. I found with teenagers, you know, often it's year seven and eight who get involved in circus clubs. But yeah. the Diablo will continue on to older kids. And they're actually, yeah. they associate it more with, you know, those kind of fidget spinners that you might yeah. see them play with. Yeah. Or like, there was a phase a long time ago with yo-yos. And it's yeah. more of a kind of um trick based thing skill based thing it's exciting because it's spinning it's easy to pick up you can have them in different colors you can you know what i mean and that might be that might be a way of perhaps getting um i don't know new generations or different yeah. 
more more cultural diversity within the community i don't yeah. know i don't know the no, no, I, th- I, th- I think you're right i mean like as we said already you know the diablo is the probably the, the easy one to get people in you know it could be the gateway prop for people to get in i mean obviously with that you know they're quite expensive compared to other ones you need to have quite a lot of them you need to have a lot more room those ones as well uh but yeah and, and you're right juggling balls is the, the the learning curve and you know to get it it's you know it's weeks sometimes and um i, I suppose sometimes if, if you're not dedicated or motivated enough then you know you probably you may give up quite easily but i think you're right with the with the diablo yeah um i think that's that's one that you can pick up very quickly yeah and i suppose that's why having these workshops that you and i run yeah. I don't know how often, how often is your workshop? Do you do it well? Yeah, like it's just something I could do it every weekend, but I right. need to give myself, you know, I need to give myself a break. But I do it twice a week, not twice right. a week, sorry, twice, twice a month. A month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, and I'm finding once a month um, is about right for me, and then that's kind of keeping the families and the children who come along engaged with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no substitute for them kind of practicing at home as well that's 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 half the half of it isn't it you can't yeah well to be honest I think it's quite a lot of it to be fair because you know at the end of the day you know we may be the greatest teachers on earth (laughs) or not even that and you know if they're I mean how long is how long are your workshops how long do you do your sessions for the weekend one hour okay see so one hour is enough to teach someone but if someone wants to get better we know they've got to do all the work themselves and I do stress that I said look you know here's your you know if you want to get better this is you've just got to practice you know yeah. I don't know what your philosophy is for me I just say look just do five minutes a day if you're struggling with time five minutes a day but just keep doing it every day don't build up and do half an hour on a Friday try and be consistent and try and do five minutes a day I don't know what your philosophy on sort of like practice and learning is yeah absolutely I just try and gently encourage them the children that come to my workshop are as young as one and two Wow. <laughs> Up until 11. Mm. Uh, so they're still quite young and I still try and just gently encourage them. Um, I just like enjoy seeing them once a month using the equipment and I'm hopeful that in time they might go away and maybe get it as a birthday or a Christmas present um, and have a go at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean... More- so, so before you carry on on that, I, I, the yeah. only reason why I'm saying, you know, these are the ones that want to learn how to juggle. These are the ones that say, oh, yeah. how can I juggle three balls? Then I'll say to them, yeah. I mean, most of the time, the people that come, it's for a taster. Some of them pick it up, some of them don't. But the ones that do want to pick it up and carry on, I just say, you know, sort of like five minutes a day. So I just wanted to stress on that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's a good, um, it's a good philosophy. Um, of course, they've got access to YouTube videos now, which I certainly never had when I was, uh, starting off so with the older children that I teach at school during a lunchtime club we put YouTube videos up on the projector and I do that in the hope that they'll go away and watch those do you know what I mean yeah and then they can actually teach themselves just like I did with that book that I Diablo and so many people of our generation can identify with that yeah. you mentioned it at the, at the, at the conventions you know these books are amazing but in terms of multimedia teaching nowadays, the ability to have, you know, tuition on, on videos is just phenomenal. But again, I stress there's no substitute for actually getting in-person tuition because they're there immediately and you can, I can just 
get people to align their stick differently and hold it slightly differently and that's the way to really that's the way to really learn if you're lucky enough to have a club nearby if not start one yourself <laughs> yeah that's right but I think but you but you know let's go back to what you said at the beginning you know you try and offer it as a free or a very low cost event and you just keep you know you, you just offer it out to people you're providing an opportunity for people to get into it and I think you know for me I would do all this you know for, for nothing um you know um you know, for free in fact people give me donations is is brilliant because like i say it does cover the costs and stuff like that. i'll do it for nothing because i know that the service we're providing is something totally different and there's a lot of people that get a lot of benefit from it that we may not even know you know in five years time you might see someone and say oh yeah i remember going to your workshop and you know that juggling and i continued with it and yeah, now I'm doing my own workshop. We'll never know, you know, who we affect and who, you know, who will benefit from, um, you know, workshops okay. and stuff like that. And my philosophy is always what comes around goes around. And if you're somebody that offers things within your community, um, good things can come your way as well. People, you know, tell you about a, uh, a club that they're running or an event that they're putting on. And by getting involved, in like skills sharing weekends in my local town that puts me as part of a network of people doing similar things and you meet you meet people and you get involved socially in other things as well so um as part of the newark skills um day it's called the fun palace i think it's like a national event uh, we, we call it newark fun palace but i think other towns do it as well uh, we have a whole weekend where i People offer offer martial arts skills, pottery, um, you name it. People are putting on drumming skills, arts and crafts, and then all of those volunteers are then um, invited to the pantomime at the local theatre, Newark Palace Theatre, and we're treated really, really nicely. Um, I've done it two years now. Uh, we've been given seats for me it was for me my my mum and Reuben and we've had two wonderful evenings at the pantomime with all the other volunteers that have helped nice. on this um skills yeah. event and that's yeah. meant that my son Reuben has had two wonderful evenings where we go up to um meet the Lord Mayor of Newark in in one of the kind of rooms upstairs and they put free uh, drinks and snacks on for all the volunteers who've helped in various things around the town and then we watched the most amazing pantomimes and we wouldn't have had that um wonderful experience and that wonderful memory if we hadn't gone out there and volunteered in the first place so yeah. again i go back to the philosophy what comes around goes around we yeah. we offer this we bring happiness we make ourselves happy and then we're lucky enough to be invited to these wonderful evenings which is it's incredible too and we'll be doing that for a third year um this year so yeah just because we're we're volunteering um good things often not always but often come yeah. in your in your direction yeah. too yeah and I, and I, one thing i do like as well is sometimes you know the joy on people's faces you know when they finally get something and they'll say oh right i never could do this before now i can That's those it. For me, that's gold. You know, that's worth more than any, you know, sort of like monetary payment. Yeah, hundred percent. And of course, mm. as a teacher, I see my students learning things all the time. But yeah. I teach English, and I don't. It's not. I I enjoy I enjoy 
that and it's wonderful and creative they don't understand a poem and now they do they don't understand a play and now they do but seeing that when I teach juggling I don't know it's so much more obvious like they couldn't Diablo they didn't know what a Diablo was and half an hour later an hour later there they are doing it and then a month later they're doing tricks like I suppose it might be what an art teacher or a design teacher or a PE teacher might feel like the the learning experience is very physical and obvious and that's what's rewarding for me I love teaching English Mm -hmm. but it's written and spoken and analytical and rewarding on that level but just to once once a week at school on a Tuesday lunch and once a month in my local community to teach something really obviously physical is actually quite nice for a teacher as well for that from that perspective yeah yeah so so what would you say to someone that is a juggler um it doesn't matter what level they are and um like we said you know all they have to do is be one step ahead of someone in order to teach someone what would you say to that what advice would you give to that person that um you know to start a workshop you know so go down the journey that i um went on that's to just go online and see if anything is currently in place in your local community there's loads of facebook groups and people have um websites just search in your local area for wherever you live circus club or juggling club and if there is a place already in existence lucky you brilliant go along you meet the most amazing people if not think about starting your own one um if you can juggle and you can feel like you could teach i'm sure you sure you absolutely could um just try and find a local venue perhaps a museum or a a church um kind of modern church hall might be an avenue and you'll be surprised because you're offering something um, quite unique you'll be surprised I think how welcoming and accommodating people are Um, I think the museum that I'm at genuinely um, like the idea that they are home to a circus uh, club once a month Um, and when I was at the community centre that was attached to a church and I think they got a good feeling out of saying that they were providing this as a kind of outreach um, programme for local families so I think you'll be welcomed very quickly Um, the next question would be how you find the equipment I went down the eBay route um, just trying to use what little resources I had to get as much cheap equipment as I could find, um, charity shops as well, pound stores. Um, but again, be careful with your own finances because um, you don't want to be spending a lot of money. And quickly, I wish I'd done this sooner and I'm glad I took my friend's advice, quickly start looking around for local grants and you will be surprised how much there is out there, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, with just a little bit of searching and a few conversations charities willing or local or local authorities willing to support you um i had success but because i did it as a volunteer i don't think i would have done if i was monetizing it um so that's enabled me to get the equipment also think carefully about the structure of it i told you the story of um not having much structure on the first session um and it was fine children arrived had to go with the equipment they learn 
probably not. That's where the conversations with my friends and family of primary school teachers were so helpful. Like getting that sense of learning in a circle time at the beginning, the skills, having some free play and then a show at the end, I think is really successful. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that um, I haven't mentioned, but it is, it is in, a, in a modern world important to consider is um, performers liability insurance. Mm -hmm. So um, you're working with members of the public and there are companies out there, if you search, who for not a lot of money a year can provide you with um, liability insurance to run circus workshops. So um, it was the most incredible document when it arrived. It was from a well-known insurance company. It looked like my car insurance document. But when you, when you look at it, it's my name is insured for circus workshops unicycle work and it lists all the activities that you're um you're insured for and i think i think in, in a kind of modern modern setting that's 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 an important thing to consider if you're going to make that step and work with members of the public mm -hmm. uh, you might be you might be covered under the insurance of the venue um that you're working in but that's an important thing to consider yeah and i wrote a full as a teacher, I got experience doing this with trips, but I, I wrote a, a risk assessment. And again, yeah. if you just go online and search, there are um, other people doing workshops and you can see what a risk assessment looks like and you can copy it as a template. You just put in what you do in the activity, kind of high risk things, low risk things, how many, how many students you're expecting, how many people you're expecting to turn, be involved. And you can just write yourself a short risk assessment. And in a kind of modern environment, I think those those steps are are important to take. And actually, when you turn up, when you when you're invited to do a workshop for beavers, for brownies, for a school, and you say that you've got your own insurance and you've got this risk assessment, they're instantly um, put at ease. And I can understand that as a teacher and as a parent, you kind of want to know that the person running a circus workshop is knows what they're doing and is taking yeah. the right right steps so mm -hmm. on a practical level those are the things that um you should do in the background mm -hmm. um but fundamentally you can't let that side of things get in the way of just enjoying it yeah i think so, so much of our conversation has been about the joy um that it brings but yeah there is the organizational side of things that have to go on underneath the surface yeah 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 and and yeah so i mean so really I, I mean for me i would say also maybe just keep it simple as well so if you're just offering to start off with one prop and it could be the diablo or just balls for me i'll just say just stick to that um you know do that for you know 45 minutes and then you know if you want to build with other props then you sort of like build that as you go but i think for me just start i would say start off simple <laughs> yeah yeah you'll be amazed like um if you don't have obviously i'm from a teaching background so i'm used to working with um 32 um students at a time in a kind of academic setting but 32 children trying to teach them to juggle that's a different game altogether so if you can start <laughs> it if you've never done anything like this before yeah just teaching five children or three children or adult whoever's three people keep mm -hmm. it yeah you're right keep it simple keep it small and you'll be amazed if you want to one one day just teach them all to do balloon animals. 
you have to think and plan that out logically in terms of, well, I'm going to have maybe 15, 15 children. I need to pre-pump all the balloons, pre-tie them, you know, maybe try and get an adult helper with each of them. Yeah. You have to think about the practical elements. And also try and make it as inclusive as you possibly can because you might have children and adults arriving with um, special educational needs or yeah. physical physical needs as well. And you have to um, be mindful of that because, you know, a performance environment can be overstimulating for some. And yeah. you have to make sure people's needs are met. And yeah. if, you, if you're running it as a drop-in, which is what I do, this is why I really insist that, families stay and it's yeah. not a drop-off session because you know if, if if you if you if you're letting the families um drop the children off and then leave and you're saying look i'm going to be responsible for them you need to know um the children's kind of medical background yeah in terms of like um special educational needs and physical needs so my advice would be to just try and keep it families arriving yeah and then you know they're responsible for the children while they're while they're there. You're there to um, to teach the skills, and if there are any issues, then you've got you've got adults on hand who can be responsible for the children. So there's a lot involved, but that's not that shouldn't that shouldn't put you off. You'd be surprised how uh, warm and accommodating and helpful um, people can be and are, and um, how receptive they are to you running a running a free circus workshop. Yes. So it's, it's really 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 pleased that i started it four years ago and when i meet people um juggling conventions and i got my newark circus club t-shirt on people know about newark through the ejc and they're like wow you are effectively the legacy of <laughs> the ejc and that means a huge amount to me because um yeah. when they're organizing the the festival they were asked the question you know what's going to be the legacy of this and um it's wonderful feeling for me to know that Newark now has a has a circus club, and I would encourage anyone listening to this podcast, if you want to, to to put a circus club in your in your city, town, or village, and um, yeah, be just you won't regret it. You'll really yeah. enjoy it. And I would like to add, it is very, very rewarding. Yeah, hundred percent. It's. Like any voluntary work, I think, but yeah, there's something about the circus. Just it's yeah. a it's a feel good thing. Yeah, it is. It's a creative thing, and it's a wonderful thing. And just to be able to impart it and share it with other people is, um, yeah, really empowering and really good feeling. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know. One thing about juggling, I don't know if for me, it just makes me smile all the time. And I'm sometimes I'm just laughing to myself whilst I'm juggling and stuff like that. Just really puts uh, I don't know, puts a smile on my face. <laughs> especially yeah, I, when i'm in the park as well and other people are watching me as well you could tell they're looking and you know it puts a smile on their face as well so uh, you're doing more than you think yeah yeah completely it, it, yeah it's what it's for and, and um i can often come across as quite serious and quite dry and actually when people see me um <laughs> juggle they see a different side of me like my students are often shocked when <laughs> they know that I can juggle and I want this guy who's you know teaching us English is also can do all this stuff is, is they see a completely different side of yeah. you and yeah. um yeah I, I often um I often feel that I remember I stood up in front of all of year seven when I was promoting my club and I just got my 
juggling equipment out and did a little show for them just two or three minutes. They went wild. 200, 220 children. <laughs> like, I've never performed to 200. Like, I, I, I said that. I opened by saying, look, I've never juggled in front of 220 people before. So this could go one way or the other. And they, they loved it. And children came up and they were helping. And yeah, it's just the excitement that it brings, especially yeah. in, in younger children and also in adults. Yeah. Um, is, is really, really wonderful. And people see a different, different side of you. And um, yeah, it was my cousin who I originally saw juggling and he, he made me aware of that he was juggling at university and he came home on holiday and i saw him using a devil stick and yeah and then I, I saw the chinese state circus that i mentioned and i just thought you know what i'm going to give this a go and i'm not yeah. somebody who's sporty i think we've both kind of admitted that i really didn't enjoy games and pe and team mm -hmm. sports and things at school i was more kind of creative drama mm -hmm. um performing arts that kind of thing and it's a way that people who maybe aren't into traditional sports can actually yeah. do physical activity and um, take some real joy from it. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, for me, I was actually in the, you know, the school football teams and stuff like that, okay, but right. I just, no. but, but I just noticed that if you weren't in those teams or, you know, those sort of like, you know, the main cricket rugby and stuff like that, then there wasn't much left for anyone else and I think that's the reason why I'm trying to promote this now, because I just feel that, you know, there are some children out there that could really excel in circus skills. And it's just, for me, it's, you know, it's a sport, it's an art, it's, you know, it's everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had some students that I've worked with um, at, at schools and some of them have um, things like ADHD, like yeah. attention deficit. And you get, you know, and they might have... Um, emotional needs too they might I've had students who have a real kind of difficult point in a day or in their lives and I've um I remember once a child was really struggling to to sit down and focus and I just put a Diablo in his hands this this was um during a break a break time I put a Diablo in his hands and he was able to really focus on that Diablo and it took his mind completely away from all the things that he was struggling with that day and my God, he could keep that Diablo going like no other. Yeah. So I, I went to the pastoral part, um, the department in my school, and I just put a Diablo on their desk and said, look, anytime he's or other students are really struggling emotionally, give it a go. Yeah. And I went around a little workshop with the pastoral team telling, teaching them all how to Diablo. And I said, I don't know, it might, there might be something in this. It might, it might really help some, some children on certain days. And um, yeah. that's another win. Um, definitely yeah but it's just um it's just about bringing the circus and the skills and the equipment into people's lives because it's not it's not every day is it i think when you're part of the circus community you've got you know i'm in my house at the moment and there's some juggling clubs there and there's some balloon <laughs> animals that i've made with my son on the kitchen table it's it's all around us right exactly. if you're part of that community but if you're not then it isn't and it's yeah. about saying, look, this is a, this is a Diablo. This is balloon modeling. They might have seen it on TV, yeah. but they've not actually experienced it. And it's about saying, look, have a go. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah they love it. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I just, I'm going to wrap up now because I think that's I think we can end on that because yeah. we're saying that we're yeah. giving opportunity to people that might never have experienced these types of um, experience of these types of things. And I think, you know, if you want to do a workshop, uh, you want to teach other people, believe me, you're doing probably more good than you think. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, really rewarding. And you're doing so much good emotionally and socially and yeah it's just a good a good thing to share so i i like you encourage anybody with the ability to juggle to spread the word what the word and their skills and um if you, if you feel it within yourself start start a workshop just do it once you'll love it and it will grow and grow and you should have every confidence Brilliant. Tom, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'll tell you what, I really love this conversation because I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get to speak to anyone and, you know, deep dive about juggling and workshops and, 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 and you know, things that we've spoken about. So thanks a lot. And I'm hoping the audience gets something from it. Absolutely. And let's hope, um, I'm sure our paths will meet again, you and I, at the next juggling convention. And uh, who knows what the future holds, but it's an exciting one. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it.